Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show. I am William Kramer, and I am with my co-host, Aaron Bontrager. We cover local sports, including the Northern Indiana Conference and the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. We also cover college and pro sports. We are recording our 45th episode on June 25th, 2023. Aaron, how you doing? Doing good. Um, you know, just getting caught up on the NBA draft, doing some stuff with the family. You know, I can't complain. How have you been? Good, good. Been busy uh, as usual. You know, it's that time of year. I was getting a text or two from you about the NBA draft. So I can't wait to pick your brain on that and see what you like, didn't like for the Pacers and um, a lot of, a lot of things happened that night and, you know, we, we got some exciting things here locally, um, to talk about and we're kicking off our local high school football talk series that's happening all this summer. And I'm really excited. I know you are too. Yeah. We got coach, uh, Curtis from Warsaw high school later on our show. And, uh, um, that's gonna be great. No doubt. All right, topic number one. We're going to do a little catching up on some of the semi-pro teams in our area. And I'm going to start with Goshen City FC. I feel like a story that's kind of been interesting to kind of look at from a distance. You have a semi-pro soccer team, and they are part of the UPSL, the United Premier Soccer League, as many of you probably know by now. They are drawing hundreds of fans at home matches, and they're playing at Goshen College uh, in their inaugural season. You know, this team has a lot of local players that you might remember if you follow the soccer in our area. They also have a lot of international players as well. And they had a really solid first regular season. They went 5-3-2, and two, finished third in the Midwest Central Conference. Their most recent match kind of won in thrilling fashion in Chicago. Semifinals against the number two team in their conference in Wisloka, Chicago. Probably saying that name wrong, but a team from Chicago. They won 2-1 to one to advance into the championship match against the number one team in this conference or division, the Chicago Nations FC. Now, these two sides last met in April, Will, where... GCFC lost 3-0, but as I've been reading about uh, Goshen City, they have really grown in their confidence, and they have the results to prove that. They haven't lost a match since then. So, you know, it's just a really cool story. kind of represents the growing love of soccer in our country. Absolutely. You know, what a great finish, and hopefully there's – uh, cherry on the top here for Goshen City FC. I love the fact that it's international and local guys. Uh, I think yeah. it grows the interest. And when you said hundreds of fans, uh, how fantastic is that in your inaugural season to draw crowds like that? Um, you know, if they win, how crazy is it if they won the championship in their first season? Yeah. Uh, parade, anybody? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I might go out there just for, for that. Yeah, I know. That'd be, that'd be pretty special. And we just want to wish them best of luck this Saturday, July 1st. They'll be playing in Chicago again. Uh, hopefully they bring home that championship. Yeah, good luck. Absolutely. So we want to talk about the Elkhart County Miracle. We're going to do an update on them for topic number two. Currently, they're 10 and 12 on the season. Fourth in the Northern League standings. Uh, a couple of guys that to highlight on the team. Dawson Willis, uh, he's been a bright spot hitting the ball. Willis actually leads the league in stolen bases, so he's been crea- uh, creating havoc around the bases there. Uh, Robino Vasquez Vallejo has been steady for the, the miracle on the pitching mound. Uh, another pitcher, Dylan Pinero, is second in the league with 30 strikeouts. Now, Elkhart County and Miracle have a little over a month left of the regular season before the playoffs begin. 
You know, uh, I was able to take my dad out for Father's Day to see the Elkhart County Miracle, our first game of the season, uh, being in the attendance. Um, we had a lot of fun. The Elkhart County Miracle, I was impressed. They put on a good show. Uh, Aaron, it kind of felt like the South End Cub, just on a smaller scale, obviously. Good food, good weather, and of course, uh, the Miracle got in the win. Uh, if you have not come out to see a game, uh, you should. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's awesome that you got to experience that. And the best part is, I didn't even notice, but all fathers got him for free. So uh, he didn't have to pay a ticket, and they gave him a free hot dog and drink. So that was very cool. Nice Excellent. to do that. Sticking with baseball, topic number three, South Bend Cubs. Uh, they're currently 30 and 35 as we near the midway point of the season. Aaron, can you believe it? We're almost at the all star break. Holy That's cow. Crazy. Uh, time flies. Anyways, they're currently fourth place in the West Division and nine and a half games back from the leading, uh, leaders, Cedar Rapids from Minnesota. Now they go on the road to Beloit for a six game series starting this week a team that the Cubs should get some wins from. Now they wrap up the first half of the season with a six-game homestand versus Peoria, who's currently in second place. Now, I was looking at the standings today, and, you know, it is quite possible that the Cubs could go from fourth place to second place before the All-Star break. So a lot uh, still to be uh, figured out here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, that would be quite quite a turnaround that would be good for them for sure all right topic four you know june was a lot of headlines and with some local coaching news other stories and we were in the thick of spring sports so we thought it would be good to catch up with a little what's the word so we'll alternate headlines and tell you what we think so the first one is aaron Koffel the Bremen alum, makes the USA World Softball roster for 2023 Japan, according to our good friends from 46 Sports. What is the word, Aaron? Outstanding, I think. Obviously, she's an outstanding player. And what an outstanding opportunity. I bet it, I can't imagine this, but I'm sure it's pretty thrilling to represent your country when it comes to sports. Absolutely. What a great opportunity. Makes me want to watch the 2023 Japan um, World Softball uh, Games. Mm-hmm. The second, what is the word here for you, Aaron? Former Riley standout Carl Columbus is the new South Bend Riley's girls basketball coach, according to 46 Sports. What is the word? I'm going to go two words, exciting fit. I think if you look at this, it's a really good fit on paper, obviously. Uh, Coach Columbus from Riley has a lot of different coaching experience, has a lot of different basketball experience. I'm excited to see if he can help turn around Riley on the girls' side. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, a great time for Coach Columbus to see what he can do there for the Wildcats. All right, the third headline, Mishawaka, the mayor of Mishawaka announced the Mishawaka Fieldhouse bringing in uh, just competitive opportunities for sports and other things. What's the word there, Will? The word is money. Uh, <laughs> this, will, this new fieldhouse that um, they've shown renderings of, this will bring a lot of money for decades to come to the local economy. This two hundred and twenty—I'm sorry. This this two hundred and twenty thousand square foot indoor athletic complex will house ten multi-purpose athletic courts, two full-size turf fields, concessions, bleachers, and medical spaces. Opening day is expected to be in the fall of 2024. This project could cost up to 54 million dollars to build. Uh, funding sources include hotel taxes, state grants. Um, it is estimated that traveling youth sports will account for roughly 36,000 hotel room nights per year in St. Joseph County alone. 
Now that will translate to roughly 24 million in economic impact per year. And as you can tell, it won't take long to uh, pay off uh, the cost of mm. building it and then start making money and profit off of it. The new facility could add another 20,000 hotel stays per year. This Mishawaka Fieldhouse is just one step in a multi-step plan over the next few decades to build up that area in Mishawaka. Uh, some big names that were mentioned to join the Mishawaka Fieldhouse is Top Golf mm-hmm. and also adding housing in that area as people will want to start moving to Mishawaka to be around all that great stuff that's happening there. Um, you know, I think this is a great thing for Mishawaka. Um, great. Mishawaka is a great city anyways. And, and you know, what's missing is a large youth sports complex. And, you, you know, quite honestly, you see that in, in other cities like Westfield, Carmel, Fort Wayne. You know, why not Mishawaka? The next, what is the word, is for you, Aaron. The IHSAA changed two things in the structure of class sports in four class sports. Basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, starting in 24-25 school year. Now, the class 4A will be the top 20% of enrollments. Class 3A, the next 25%, 2A, the next 25%, and 1A will be the bottom 30%. The success factor will now be evaluated annually, but include the previous two years. So, Aaron, what is the word? I think optimistic. I think it's a good start to help even out some of the competitive balance issues. It's going to be interesting to see how this impacts some of the teams in our coverage area uh, in the future. So, Will, what were your thoughts about this one? Well, I agree with you. I think it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. Um, if it has a small impact or large impact and who it does impact. And um, I do agree with, I really love the evaluation being annually um, versus uh uh, every two years. Um, and so I think that's a good thing, a good step in the right direction there. All right, next headline here, Will, goes to you, Ken Hunt, named Elkhart Girls basketball head coach. And this was reported by Elkhart Athletics. So what's the word, Will? You know, I'm going to steal something that you did earlier and, and use two words, Aaron. His turn. You know, he's been an assistant coach for a while, what a great opportunity for him to run his own program. You know, hopefully he can continue the positive trend that Will Cody uh, has laid the groundwork for him. Um, you know, girls basketball, locally, I think girls basketball is better off when the big powers, like a Elkhart, has a strong, vibrant program. Uh, it's not going to be easy. This, this is going to be tough work. He knows that, uh, but he can do it, and we want to wish him the best of luck in the uh, next year. Okay, the next, what is the word? This is for you, Aaron. Fairfield hires Kyle Hartman to take over the girls' basketball program. This was reported by 46 Sports. What is the word? Uh, I'm going to go with momentum. I think Coach Coach Hartman, like all these coaches, have a great opportunity to kind of keep some of the success going, build on what his predecessor, predecessor Coach Garber, has built. You know, I think Coach Hartman has some great experiences. If you look into his coaching resume, his playing resume, and it sounds like it's his time for this job. Uh, and I think he's up for the challenge as well. He. He had some good quotes in the Goshen News, and I think, yeah, this this feels like a good momentum. Keep the momentum going for Fairfield girls basketball. Yeah, well, and, and let's be fair to him, and you know, um, and I think the people 
at Fairfield understand this is that it is extremely hard to win a state title. Yeah. To even be in a state title. Um, there are a lot of great coaches that have never been to a state title game. They're excellent coaches. Uh, so I think he just needs to be, and I'm sure he, he already knows this, he just needs to be himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? If he doesn't get to the state title, it's okay. Because right. it's so hard to do that. Um, Coach Garber obviously did a great job. He had a great career. So hats off to him um, and his daughter. Uh, but what a great job. Girls basketball historically has been good at Fairfield. Very proud program. Um, and again, we want to wish him the best of luck as he carries on that, that tradi- the winning tradition. Okay, let's move on to topic number five, and that is we want to recap the 2022-2023 Indiana High School State Championships and state runner-ups from our coverage area. And we had seven state champions and five runner-ups. How about that for our local coverage area of Elkhart and St. Joseph counties and the NIC and NLC? Big time, yeah. So let's start with the state champions. Boys basketball, Northwood High School. Baseball, Penn High School. State champions. Girls basketball, as we just mentioned, Fairfield High School. Girls swimming, Penn's Lillian Christensen won the 100 freestyle, so she's a state champion. Track and field. Angel Thomas of South Bend Adams winning the 100-meter dash state champion. And finally, the the last two are from softball uh, state champs, Penn High School and New Prairie High School as our seven coverage area state champions for 2022-2023 season runner-ups five of these boys soccer marion high school football new prairie high school girls basketball bethany christian high school girls tennis saint joe high school in girls individual tennis. St. Joe's Molly Belia. So congratulations to all of those teams and individuals for either being a state champion or a runner-up this season. Well, well, it's our favorite segment of the show. We have a special guest on tonight, and we're very excited to have Warsaw's head football coach, Bart Curtis. Just a quick introduction. Um, he's inducted to the high school, Indiana High School Football Hall of Fame in 2016. He has a 240 to 117 record, 39 and 15 at Warsaw. Uh, won nine sectional titles, two at New Prairie. Uh, five at Mishawaka, and one at Warsaw. Two regional titles, one at New Prairie, one at Mishawaka, one semi-state title at Mishawaka. So your sixth season at Warsaw, um, I think a telling stat to me when I look at just the history of your records, you haven't lost more than three games since becoming the Tigers head coach, and I think that's... (laughs) <laughs> speaks volumes how you build your program and we're really appreciative of you coming on coach well i appreciate that and uh don't jinx us now <laughs> uh, there you know there are some of those threes that uh of course we as coaches think should have been maybe one or two more wins but also could have been uh in in the wrong column as well so right. um, yeah if nothing else we've been consistent it looks like yeah, for sure. Um, so with that being said, what is what is your outlook or, I'm sorry, your team goals this well, year? 
we want to play. We want to be playing our best football in November. Uh, that that's always our first and foremost goal. We want to play um, the best competition that we can play. Uh, we want to be far better uh, in the second half of the season than the first half. Um, and, and a goal of mine is I, I want our kids to really enjoy playing Warsaw Tiger football. Um, I think if it's something that they're not enjoying, um, and that's why we don't do a whole lot in the summer. We do a little bit, but uh, we don't. I know there are some schools that scrimmage, you know, all summer long within what, what they're requ- uh, allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we try to take another approach. We want football to be exciting for our kids, uh, not just in August, but also August, September, October, November. So um, some of the days that maybe we're not doing things and my, my coaching staff is like, oh, we don't have this and we don't have this. And, you know, nobody remembers that in, uh, in November, uh, what you did in June. So. Although it's important, we want our kids to be in shape to play the game, and we want to install our base O and base D. Uh, certainly, nobody remembers the score of a scrimmage uh, from last year. So, those are our goals. We want to we want to be the best that we can possibly be, or better than we should be. Yeah, that's that's great goals. Have you guys put on pads yet? We have. We have been in pads. We've been in, you're allowed 12 days in the summer in protective gear. Five of those days can be with or against another school. So we have not gone against any other schools yet, but we have had pads on, I think, helmets or pads at least four times. Nice. Oh, yeah. We'll, uh, and then in July, we'll, you know, we'll add a little more to that. Coach, uh, my next our next question is uh, impact players for this upcoming season. Can you talk about some of those impact players? Well, we've got a good group of kids that have, have, have been in the program. A lot of them have got a lot of varsity experience, even from their sophomore year. Um, I'll start on defense first. Um You know, our defensive line, I think, might be the most deep we've had in my five years here. We've got uh, we've got some serious depth Um, in uh, uh, Nathan Rosas will be a senior. Isaac Beam will be a senior. They both started for us last year. Uh, Mason Gabrich will be a junior. He played an awful lot of football for us last year as as a sophomore. Chase Carl's a two year starter returning. He'll play and D-line, and then uh, a young man that's kind of caught our eye a little bit the last uh, few weeks uh, is a kid named Ivan Potts. He's kind of come around uh, defensively and offensive line-wise. So those are some kids up front. Um, I think inside linebackers, um, Jet Woodward will be a three-year starter for us. Um, Cohen Hetty played a lot last year, particularly late in the year. He'll be a junior. And then Grady Nolan is fighting for a spot as well as a senior uh, at inside linebacker. Uh, our outside Bs, um, Eric Pohl is a, started for a year and a half prior to this year. Corbin Johnston uh, looks to play a lot. He played quite a bit last year. Um, and then cornerback. We've got, or I guess, cornerback slash safety. Um, Cole Van Houten's a two-year starter. He'll be a senior. Ethan Egoff started a lot of games for us last year, played a lot as a, as a sophomore. And then Luke Ransbottom will also be a senior uh, for us. So that's kind of the, the kids that we think, at least on paper here on Sunday night, June 25th, um, and there's some, I'm, I guarantee, I'm forgetting, and some kids will jump off the page at us and take a spot or earn some valuable playing time. So this is by no means, um, you know, a depth chart of any type. Uh, offensively, 
Um, our old line has some, some pretty good uh, kids coming back. Um, I think there are five kids that have started at least one game on the old line. Chase Carl and uh, Harrison Stouffer. Harrison's a 6A junior all-stater. Uh, those those guys played a lot of tackle for us last year. Um, Aiden Williamson played some center for us last year. Um, Javion Lawson and Cam Kaufman played a lot of guard for us as well. And like I say, by no means there, there's probably five to six other guys that have that that are fighting for these spots as well. Quarterback Drew Sullivan finished a year for us as a sophomore quarterback last year. Um, and then Reed Zollinger and uh, Robinson Hofford have also been battling it out uh, at the fullback position. Reed can also play some halfback, which is nice. Uh, and then uh, Grady Nolan, I think, is a, a, a steady kid at, at split end uh, for us. So that's kind of just an overview of kids that, you know, come to mind that we think uh, have gotten some on-field playing time. I'm sure there's some I missed. Wow. So it sounds like you've got a good core coming back, both on the offense and defensive side. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's got to make you feel somewhat um, excited, maybe yeah. maybe a little bit comfortable knowing that you got that coming back. Com- well, excited, yes. Comfortable, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because, you know, depth is huge. Um Comfort is the last thing that anybody in this program needs to feel at any time, including adults and children. Uh, one of the kids I didn't mention is a two-year starter, kicker, and punter, and that's Mason Smythe. Mm-hmm. He'll be a junior, and he's started for us um, for two years. Um, and and he, he's been doing the camp tours, and, and he's got a really good leg, and we're excited to see what he can do with his foot on the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite a weapon. Um, then we turn to your schedule. You start the first three on the road, week one. Yeah, and the scrimmage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are not at home until September 7th. So we're trying to enjoy the, the field now while we've got it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. First three games are on the road. Yeah, so um, – it's going to rely on your experience there, I'm sure. Um, then you look at kind of the middle of the schedule. I feel like as a fan, pretty important week four through six for the, your team as well as the conference race. You have Concord, Northwood, and then you travel to Mishawaka. So. Yeah, those are three really good, solid teams. And the middle of that schedule was not good to the Tigers last year for the record. So uh, – uh, we're hoping to play be a little more competitive um, in those three middle games. Uh, one of them we were, the other two we were not highly yeah. competitive. Um, as you can see by your, I'm sure you guys got that John Harrell thing, right? That shows yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we're looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were yeah a couple of weeks there back to back that were not. Uh, and, and credit to those teams. Well, you shut out Concord 19-0, but, you know, obviously North was what they were last year, but you put 21 points on their defense, and then Mishawaka, you know, fell a little short there. But those yeah. are those are two gauntlet of teams there to have to face back-to-back coach. They really are, and we start out with, with a strong schedule. Michigan City is loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chesterton is well-coached, big, strong, physical. Uh, both those teams present some issues and then uh don't ever ever overlook or sleep on northridge uh i know that's not till the ninth game of the year but um they they also have uh, a lot of talent uh and and are a well-schooled group you know can i add a little spin to this schedule is that you know uh add a, a former high school basketball coach um, I never liked to have our first game at home because not only do you have the jitterbugs, but then you have all the distractions with the stuff that happens and uh, you got the, the large home crowd. Uh, so I almost 
in a way preferred me on the road because there was like limited distractions. It was just you and the guys. And it's like the attention, the, the attention was there. The detail was there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I had some fans show up, but it's not like a home, uh, yeah. way different than the home thing. I, I, I don't know if there's truth to that or if, you, if that's even a factor um, or not. We try to treat, we try to treat it the same, although it is different. Uh, obviously, the, you know, you go home after school for a home game. You don't for an away game. Um, you, you know, one of the things about our schedule this year, we go to Fort Wayne North for a scrimmage, then to City, then to Chesterton, then to Plymouth. So, you know, we're not going to see the friendly confines there at Fisher Field, like I said, until September 7th. Um but if you've never been to a home football game at Warsaw Community High School, Fisher Field, it's something else. We have uh, tremendous support. Our fan base is, is very strong. We travel well, too. So I expect, um, you know, the, those first three games, so we'll take a good crowd on the road. Um, and then we'll we'll come back September 7th and, and play Concord and uh, – uh, hopefully people still want to watch us play at that point. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, it, it can be a distraction to be at home. Um, one of the nice things about being at home is if you forget the footballs, you know, where they're at, uh, <laughs> you don't have to load up everything. Like you're moving to, to Florida, you know, it's getting ready for, you know, our, our, our guys that take care of the packing and the tech and, uh, you know, Jake Callhorn, Brady Jones, Evan Fraz, Mark Hufford, those and our managers. It's like loading up for like we're moving. I mean, you basically take everything you have and you put it in a, a couple, three vans uh, when it comes to the filming and the headsets and all that stuff. Uh, and you get on the road and go the thing. Uh, and then if you forget something, you know, then it, then it's a bad deal. One year, a couple of years ago, we got up to Chesterton and we have this board that we use uh, that flips numbers for different plays and this and that, if we want to go no huddle and nobody wanted to tell me that they forgot it, but we had, it, but we did forget it. And they told me right before kickoff or shortly after. Uh, so they improvised, they found a grease board and they actually manually took a grease pen and put them up on the board. So, um, I rely on a lot of these guys to uh, make sure that everything we need is ready to go uh, by the time we, we uh, that the buses arrive. So they leave beforehand, they get everything set up and then the buses pull up and we expect it ready to go. So that's a, a tall order. Um, but it is, it's kind of nice that, you know, we, we travel, we don't travel with everybody. You got to take a, uh, uh, we have a travel list, and if kids have had a great week, um, we'll take them along. But, uh, you know, sometimes there's those kids that maybe are sophomores that know they're not going to get in the game. We call them 50-50 kids. We're either up 50 or down 50 if they're going in the game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're going to stand there for two and a half hours. Now, some of them really like it, and they mm -hmm. get into the game, and – they help cheer the team on. And sometimes, though, you get 14, 15 year olds, and they've got two and a half, three hours on a Friday night standing there, hard for them to pay attention for that long, you know? Yeah. Um, I can only imagine on September 8th, that crowd is going to be unbelievable. Having to wait three weeks, actually yeah. four weeks, if you count the uh, scrimmage. The uh, that place is going to be rocking as it should be. That's a big game with Concord. And then they got that revenge game with North over there. It will be our job to make sure that we have a big crowd. We've got uh, three weeks prior to that to uh, uh, prove that we deserve to be watched. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about the season outlook from the coach's perspective. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to, uh, set it up any more than just that. What What is your season outlook? However you want to say that. Well, you know, like I said earlier, I, I don't really circle any games. 
You know what I mean? Like, hey, this this game will make or break our season. The only game where they make you turn your gear in is if you lose your last one. Okay. Then you got to collect helmets, shoulder pads, thigh boards. We want to be able, I think, you know, through the summer and then that first scrimmage, Will, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that we correct some of the things before we take the field, use those first two non-conference games as really measuring sticks against good people and see where we're at and uh, improve from there and then get ready for the conference. So it's kind of divided into threes. You know, you've got your scrimmage and your preseason games. You've got your conference games, and then you've got your tournament. Everything we do, we focus toward October and November, late October and and November. So if there's somebody out there that we're going to play, we look at are they going to make us better for November? Um, So, yeah, I stand by the fact that we, you know, we're not going to freak out if things don't go our way. We're also not going to be doing cartwheels across the field if things happen to go our way. So I think really balance and being able to take the highs as they come and not sink into a depression when the lows come and try to try to manage the balance of the team because nothing's ever as good as it seems or as bad as it seems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it goes great, you got to regroup and play ball again and prove it. If it doesn't go great, you get a chance to redeem yourself and and improve on the areas that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Is that well, well said, Coach? Uh, you know that's a great reminder, even for for me, uh, not to get too high or too low, just stay yeah. steady. Um, and it's I love a long, long, long season. Will mm-hmm. it really is? It is, and uh, I love the setup of how you kind of. Uh, you know, uh, summer scrimmage, correct stuff, and the first two non-conference games, you're getting really geared toward your conference slate. And then really the whole season is all for November. And hopefully uh, the Warsaw Tigers will be playing in November and, and making a deep run uh, there. Well, that's, that's our goal. And uh, that's it in a nutshell. And everything we try and do in practice and meetings is, is gauged toward that um, level of improvement so we can compete with the best. Um, and, you know, a, a kind of an asterisk by those first two games. There ain't no way, that, you know, I, we, we've had success and we've had times we weren't successful in those first two games. I would far rather have us be successful. It's a whole lot, you know, it's a whole lot more fun when things do go your way and the things you've practiced look like that's what you intended to do. So we don't look at those as just, you know, blow off games as far as, Hey, it doesn't matter if we do well or don't do well, we've got the conference. That's not the case at all. You are only given or insured 10 opportunities to play 48 minute games. And you think of all the time you put in, in summer and off season and practices. And if you divide the 40, there's probably about 130 plays in a game. If you count kicking game, each play lasts about five to seven seconds. Okay. So really that's about a six, eight minute game that you practice all that time for just for that opportunity. And you never know which play it's going to be. So every play needs to be maximum concentration, maximum effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely well said. I like the the idea of breaking it up in those chunks, like Will mentioned. Now that we kind of hinted at this, I think I know the answer as well. How do you feel like your schedule prepares you for your sectional with the likes of Carroll Penn and Elkhart? Well, Carroll Penn and Elkhart obviously are 6A schools and very, very competitive, very well-coached, quality 6A schools with with rich programs and rich tradition. Um, And that being said, we want to be – you look at the NLC Mm -hmm. and you look at Northwood, Concord, Mishawaka, Northridge, who went to the Dome just a year ago – 
those are four really quality powerhouse consistent teams as well. Okay. Just because they're 4A or 5A doesn't make them not consistent or good or very difficult to beat. Um, but I think you look at you look at our nine games um, and, and the way we divide them up and chunked them up a little bit there, um, I, I think it very well prepares us for what we're going to see. The style of play, maybe not the speed and the size, okay, right. plays, but, but oftentimes, yes. Um, but, you know, I think it prepares us well for what we're going to face uh, in sectional two. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Carroll's the, the 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 top dog right now. With you know, they're the defending sectional champions. They won their regional against Lafayette Jeff. They won their semi-state against HSE, um, and and they played on the carpet last year Thanksgiving weekend. So you know, when you start to talk about the four teams that make up sectional two, I think you got to start with Carroll. Yeah, is is there a quarterback still? Tom, is he a returning? He is. Yeah. He was a sophomore last year. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sullivan. He. Uh, in fact, fun fact: heading into that sectional championship game, both teams, Warsaw and Carroll, started a sophomore quarterback with the last name of Sullivan. Okay. Oh, yeah. That doesn't no. happen very often. No. So, it didn't go our way that night. We had some opportunities, uh, but credit to uh, Carol. They do a great job of, of emphasizing some things that really, really hurt us. Um, you know, they, they, they're they a great two-minute offense. They scored right before half to go up 13-10. We drive the ball down inside the 20, and, I mean, they claw at it. If you don't put two hands on the ball with Carroll – when you're playing them, they're going to claw at it. The first guy's going to secure the tackle, and then the next two or three guys that come in are lifting your elbow and clawing the football, and they took it away from us a couple times. Um, end up winning 34-17, but they're, they're a fine team, and they do a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, only four teams score more points against – uh, I'm sorry, not Senegal. Uh, only four teams have scored more points against Carroll last year than what you guys did, so – you were able to score points against a very good Carroll Charger team and advance the ball and and put the ball in the end zone and, t- and score a touchdown. Couple times, yeah, but it's it's a little disheartening when you rush for three seventy and don't win. But also, when they have the ball in their hands, they're absolutely they're dynamite. Okay, and they can make it look silly in a hurry with with their passing attack combined with their running attack. And like I said, they've got some great speed. They're well coached. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we felt like they took two away from us um, and, and credit to them for doing that. Uh, but we probably should have had a couple more scores on. Mm-hmm. And I'll also add, uh, Carol beat, beat Penn worse than what, uh, you know, you guys lost them. Carol beat Penn 35 to seven uh, last year. I, I, I want to ask you this, coach. Um, if you had, if you were in control of the sectional two draw, somehow they, they gave you control of that. Uh, what, who would you like to face first? At Carroll. At Carroll, going yeah, to try absolutely. To- okay. And I'll tell you why. No disrespect, none whatsoever. We've gone over there two times the last two years, had two really poor experiences and, uh, uh, you know, played played awfully hard. I thought, uh, if not well, um, I just am kind of like the the guy that uh, uh, wants to go to the most um, hostile environment because their their fans come out and they are they've got a great home crowd as well. And hostile is maybe not the right word. Uh, enthusiastic. They've got a great enthusiastic crowd. So it's good for our kids to go into that type of atmosphere and, and uh, be forced to play at a high level. That's a great answer. I love the answer. Okay, it's time for rapid fire. We usually do this with every oh. special guest. And these oh, are just yeah. uh, fun, silly questions. Okay. Um, so we got three of them for you. Um, I'll start off with the first one. You're uh, and this might be tough to do, so if you go over three, that's fine. But your top three most 
memorable Warsaw games? Well, they would have to be wins, right? Yes. So that kind of limits it a little bit. There's 15 games that were not my most memorable at Warsaw. So that scratches out uh, two-thirds or one-third of them. Um, I I would be remiss if I didn't say winning the school's first sectional championship uh, in 2019 uh, was probably, you know, the, the most memorable evening and memorable game. Against Penn, too. It was. It was. And, uh, you know, it, was, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it's a great, uh, great crowd, freezing night. And uh, I had an opportunity there. We played really well the first half. It was still really, really tight. And they came out and stuffed us, scored immediately. And it was one of those things where I think a few of the coaches were like, oh, boy, here we go again. Yeah. And we ripped off about a 75-yard run and and never looked back. And we're fortunate enough to, to come out on top uh, in that game. So I, I would say that's number one. The next one might surprise you. Okay. It was 2022 at Northridge this past year. Okay. We were way down personnel-wise. We had some things happen that uh, – uh, had had some of our kids that weren't able to participate for some decisions they made off the field. And we were really scrambling uh, that week and the week before to uh, take some defensive guys and teach them offense in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had some kids playing some positions that they normally wouldn't play. And uh, we went up there and, and fared fairly well. Again, it was a really, really tight game. And uh, we were able to eke it out in the end last year. And then number three is probably a toss-up between 2019 Michigan City, where we won on a last-minute field goal, 51-yarder, school record. Kid now kicks for Missouri. He's not bad, huh? Wow. <laughs> Harrison Mevis, you will read about it. He'll be in the, he'll be in the league, uh, if not next year, the year after. And then a home game against uh, an Ohio powerhouse in 2021, maybe, against Dublin Kaufman. They're, they're a really strong team out of the uh, suburb of, of Columbus. And, uh, again, we were able to, to, to play really well. So, yeah, top three and a half most memorable games uh, had to be ones where you come out on the correct side. Absolutely. Those are all great, memorable uh, moments for Warsaw Tiger football. All right, our next rapid fire here. Do you prefer watching college or pro football? College, 100%. Okay, I'm going to add this in there. I will add the Bears, college, and the Chicago Bears. Nice. Who do you have a favorite college football team? I had three of them. Okay. Okay. West Point the Naval Academy, and the Air Force Academy, along nice. with the Citadel. Now, what has happened, for reasons that are, are be- far bigger than me, um, only one of those teams is currently still under center running the flex bone, so the Air Force Academy is my new favorite college football team. Wow, let that's me, awesome. Let me check that. Once you get past the Irish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's Notre Dame, then Air Force. Okay. Well, we'll agree with that because we're both Irish fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last one. Uh, your favorite, we always ask every guest this one uh, What's your favorite restaurant specifically in the Warsaw area? Got to be in the Warsaw area. Would that be most frequented? I, that, up to favorite? you. Uh, how you, how you want to define favorite? My standby would be uh, the downtown eateries right there on Center Street. They've got the lunch specials. Summer, I frequent there a lot. Thursday nights after freshman games, we usually go up and have um, the prime rib or whatever. But if I had one place and they said, you have to choose, it's your last meal. Okay. It's got to be in the Warsaw area. It'd be the Barbie Hotel for prime rib. Nice. You're shaking your head, Aaron. No, I haven't. I'll have to put that on our list. We're getting a lot of that on your list. Yeah. 
It's called the what again? Barbie Hotel. It's okay. on Park Lake. Got it. Danny's Pizza's up top, and the Barbie Hotel is down below. So mm-hmm. if we go there, Coach, uh, what do you recommend to get? If it's Friday or Saturday, I get the King Cup Prime Rib. Nice. Get the uh, mushroom appetizer. They put a mushroom with three shrimp on it and some cheese. Yeah. Caesar salad. Uh, maybe a bowl of clam chowder. Yeah. Cool. Can't go wrong with those things. You if cannot. I'm down in Warsaw, I'm going to have to check out that restaurant there you um, go. and eat some King Cup prime rib. It's a big piece of prime rib. Now, above there, if you're down there like on a Sunday through a Friday, you go above there to Danny's Pizza. They've mm-hmm. got really incredible deep dish pizza. Ooh. As close to Chicago style as you'll find. Nice. Warsaw's finest. Yes. Well, Coach, it's been a great pleasure to have you. We're starting, we're kicking off a series called Local High School Football Talk, and you're coach number one. So awesome. uh, um, just a really fun time. Um, Aaron and I are huge high school football fans, um, and we're both excited to see what Warsaw football has to show this fall. Um, I've been to every single high school championship game since 1997. I've not missed a game. Uh, So I I love high school football. I really do. It's great. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to finally connect. I know last year we emailed back and forth and one thing led to another. So I'm glad we uh, were able to connect and do this this year. Yeah, same here, Coach. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you betcha. And best Best of luck, luck. Miss Ball. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on the show again as a return guest. If we, I would love that. And I'll bring some prime rib or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. You bet. You guys have a great evening. Yeah, you, too. you too. All right. Take care. Well, that's it for the show, Aaron. Uh, thank you for listening to the Will and Aaron Show. If you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to rate and share our podcast. Leave a review. It will help us out. You can follow us on Twitter at Will Aaron Show or on Instagram at The Will and Aaron Show. And you can like The Will and Aaron Show Facebook page. Thanks to you, we now have listeners from five different countries. 25 states across America and 82 U.S. cities. Tune in next time as we discuss more local college and pro sports.